Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and holy batshit my goodness do we have a lot of races to cover this week and so without further ado here is my dear friend Sarah. How are you Sarah? I'm fine. Ten races Dan. Ten I know. races. Uh, you know it's it's just crazy. The um, I, I, I am genuinely thrilled that there is so much going on. I'm also a little bit terrified because I, on occasion, you and I have been known to fill an hour to an hour and a half with detailed talk about one race. So I, welcome to what may be the world's longest podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, what, what we're going to do, people, is um, we're going to... Uh, uh, to not talk in massive depth about each of the races, but we're going to put you link. We've got links in our site, prowomenscycling.com, which has got video from almost all of the races and also links to find out more. But, so we're going to kind of stick to the kind of broad themes type thing rather than that. And then this happened and then that happens. So, but you know, it's amazing. The thing I want to start with is talking about how great it is that there are so many races on at the yeah. same time. Well, and also in in you know like like all over the the joint as well. You know we've had um, in racing in Yorkshire and England. We've got racing in Europe. Obviously, we've got racing in in America. You know it, it's uh, and obviously my personal favourite racing in Australia. Um, and and South it, Africa as well. Yeah, South Africa's good. It's it's not mm. my personal favourite though. That's that's why I said mm-hmm. Australia after the yeah, because I'm biased. Um, anyway, four continents, on. four continents we've, we've we've been on this week. Wow, and and given that the UCI still won't sanction my my dream cross race in Antarctica, um, you know <laughs> that's that's literally two thirds of the available continents. So, <laughs> hooray for I'm, us! I. I know some people get a bit ants grumpy when there's all these races on at the same time, but I really like it because I think it gives lots of different teams a chance and we get to see a lot of different kind of things going on. It's 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 just yeah, I find it really, really fascinating that that, it, that people don't like it because I love it. And yeah. when we talk about, and they've all been such different kinds of races, and actually very, very well, actually not very different kinds. Because oh my god, breakaway joy! <laughs> there has been a lot of breakaway action this week. That's true. Um, just quickly before we dive into the details, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I like having lots of racing on all over the place, not least of which because I think it's actually going to prove to be important to the growth of racing. As women's cycling continues to grow and develop, I think what we'll find is these races will naturally settle themselves at the comfortable levels that that, that they're suited to. (laughs) You say that, but I do have a round ahead. <laughs> well, not to foreshadow too much then. Um, no, no, but I think, you know, I think there is an opportunity for those sorts of things to, to happen so that we've got a, a good mix of races all over the world that do a great job of, or hopefully do a great job of, providing pathways to um, the, the top of the elite level while also supporting strong national scenes and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, uh, let's let's save the rants for the end and let's dive right in. Which race would you like to kick off with? Well, when we left you last, dear listener, we were halfway through the Dwarves d'Or de Westhook, Westhook, which is one of the Bell Lotto Cycling 
Cups, uh, races, Lotto Cycling Cup, for those who don't know about it. It's a fantastic series of Belgian races, which you, know, you get points that add up for a winner. The winner can only be Belgian, but they're still really good. And over the years, they've been increasing in in repute and you know, and, and also in their fields. And it's they're lovely. It's it's a really well, kind of fun time. And I kind of like the quirk, you know, because, uh, I mean, let's be honest, okay, so maybe not so much in Belgium or the Netherlands, but, you know, there are plenty of countries around the world where where you're trying to get a race series organized or something and you want to attract a, a really top field, but you also want to guarantee to your, your local sponsors or whatever that um, the local wins. Change the rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's also quite cool. I mean, it's it's they're great. They it's a fun thing because they often um, pair with races. So uh, West Hook has become the Sunday race. You have Borsele on the Saturday and West Hook on the Sunday, and I like that too because you know I like I like a weekend full of racing. So it was it has it starts off with hills. It ends up with flat bit. The, the hills I think are all clustered around the beginning of the race. I mean, Johansson won the Queen of the Mountains jersey. And it was won by a late solo break from Elise Delzen. And I was quite interested in um, Yonin Dora, who won the bunch sprint for second, uh, was saying in the Wiggle Honda race report that, yeah, no one really chased her and it wasn't our job to chase. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really fantastic for Delzen of Velocia Strand because she had an, an adorable quote about how, how absolutely delighted she was because this was her first real win. Um, which is sweet as. So there's Delzen first, Dora second, Delzen's Velocio teammate, Tiffany Cromwell third, which is, oh my God, Tiff, you're sprinting again. You don't sprint, you climb up mountains. But um, yeah, but my favourite, favourite thing about it was there was a great photo by Velofocus, which is a, a phrase I'm going to be using a lot this week, of uh, the, he'd basically been in the pen taking pictures and he'd heard this loud, loud cheering and it was Barbara Gurishi and Mika Kroger and I think Lauren Roney cheering their heads off for um, Elise and so he went behind them and took a picture of them <laughs> at the back of the crowd cheering for their teammates. <laughs> it was adorable! Awesome. <laughs> so, 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 so sweet. I really, really liked that. It just makes me happy. Um, there's a little bit of video from one of the Belgian news sites so if you want to see how it rocked up there go to that. Um, I was also really happy because Lauren Roney had blogged just before Borsele about returning to cycling from after that terrible crash at Drenthe mm. Acht where a, um, where a spectator uh, reached out and basically, depending on how you interpret the video footage, um, knocked her bars or grabbed her bars. Um, yeah. Did, did you read her blog about that on Cycling Tips? Because the sad thing is the spectators not apologised to her. I did see that blog. I was actually pretty pissed off when I heard about that. Um, yeah. So... You know, I mean, it's it's a great blog in that Lauren talks about you know choosing to focus on the positive and then being excited about coming back to a race, um, you know, and how there's kind of a little irony because for a lot of riders it sort of signals that the end of spring and for her it's kind of like her last gasp of spring because she she had six weeks unexpected out. Yeah. yeah, I thought, I mean, the things that struck me about that was the stuff about how it messed with her head, how mm. that whole, I mean, we, we talked about her blogs just after the crash earlier, you know, when, when yeah. it happened um, back at this, back in March. and But she was saying about how it messed with her head when she was recovering. Yeah. But the other thing, but the other thing that really struck me was how nice her friends have been to her. 
you know, and the community there is, especially the community up among a women's cyclists in Girona, but b especially the Aussie community in Girona. You know, there's the, the the kind of that was the that was the takeaway for me was that. Oh look, don't 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 you know make too big a deal of it. You know, they all just saw that she got um, care packages sent from home. So <laughs> they were all just they were all just visiting the scam free chocolate, surely. Are you basically saying they were after the Tim Tams? <laughs> well, let's be honest, you tried to go to Girona when you heard that she had Tim Tams. So. <laughs> hey, I still haven't got my Tim Tam prize for being the first person to find uh, out who won the no, Downhill World Cup. It wasn't Cup. for the first person who won uh, who found out, it was for the first person who spoiled it for you. I spoiled it for myself. Well, I'm that's, more than capable that's literally of that's literally impossible to do. Looking up the results yourself is informing yourself, not spoiling. So you ruined the competition for everyone, Sarah, and everyone who currently doesn't have Tim Tams from me, they have you to blame for it. <laughs> anyway, um, so that was last Sunday, and we went into a week of stage races. So we had um, three stage races going on at the same time and a whole load of day races. And we started off in the USA with a tour of the Gila in the desert. of I still don't know where Silver City is, do you? New Mexico. It's not Mexico. New Mexico. New Mexico. Oh, okay, New Mexico, yes. Um, yes, so, so, yes, and it's deserts. And it's a weird, it's a strange race. It's got the fantastic social media, um, really good social media. And if you, like us enjoyed the live tweets dear listener then you have to follow clara beard at fern coyote on twitter because she's the woman behind it all yeah yes yes you do although actually i think i have to issue a correction because i have a horrible horrible feeling that silver city is actually in nevada no no it is new mexico yes winner (laughs) yes i was worried for a second that it was it was going to turn out to be nevada that would have been awkward so what is Silver City about? Silver City is about heat and deserts and incredibly large roads and some and a queen stage that is called Gila Monster. Gila Monster for monster for a reason because it is monstrous and poor Clara. They always drop out of mobile phone coverage in the middle of the zone. Well, what's going on? What's going on? I don't I can't tell you. I would if I could. Please leave me alone. So it's not my fault. Why are people um, on the internet so mean? Yeah, she doesn't say that. She's brilliant. But anyway, um, Mara Abbott was writing for the Amy D Foundation, which is the um, charity set up in the name of Amy Dombrowski, who sadly died a couple of years ago when she was hit by a car in training. So they've so Mara Abbott normally rides for Wiggle Honda, but was out there with Amy D Foundation. And Abbott won the first stage. Um, young Canadian Annie Hewitt won the second stage. Lauren Stevens from uh, Tipco won the third stage ITT. Um, the fourth stage crit was quite interesting because Linda Willemson was out solo, out solo, out solo. And then she sat up, I think, because she thought she'd crossed the line when there was still one lap to go. <laughs> what? Yeah, you know we love those moments when a rider... I mean, it could not be true. That's just It's just the best guess um, because, of course, there aren't live TV. God damn it. Um, that's the best guess that Linda Willemson had miscounted laps and thought that she'd won. Right. Um, but okay. it was all right because her United Healthcare teammate, Hannah Barnes, um, blasted, blasted the sprint and won instead. So they still get the win. Okay, well, I mean, that's all right for the team, but ouch, that's awkward. Yes. Mm. 
And then on stage five, Abbott was still leading the GC because it's quite an interesting race in that you don't, um, in the, I think it's the third person who wins the first stage can often, you know, basically just carry on. But she did a fantastic job to finish the last stage with a solo win, winning the race for an amazing fifth time. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, that bodes well for, for her build up, I suppose, towards the Giro. Yeah, well, it's not really Giro build-up yet, but, you know, what she goes into next in the USA is um, uh, the the fantastic, well, not fantastic, sorry, I said fantastic, I don't even know what I'm thinking, um, Tour of California. <laughs> that is, it is your favourite race of the year, so... <laughs> not my favourite race. No, come on, you love it every bit as much as I love Flesh Full On. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My tour of, tour of California is your flesh will on. You know what? Tour of California. It may just look like a couple of crits in a row. Um, it may be not that. You know, it may be kind of like a. They still have the invitational time trial. Oh my fucking god! Um, yeah, but they you're, put it out. you're never getting an invite, Sarah. Just let it go. <laughs> um, but 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 they can all make it up to me with good TV this year. Okay. Okay. So, if you want to um, see what the Gila was like, they have Gila was like. They have tons of great uh, race uh, photos and various videos with winners on the race website, which is tourofthegilagila.com. So, yeah, so head over there and see what it was like. Indeed. <sighs> so, right, we're two races down. Next race is Gracia all over. Okay. And Gracia Olovar is a Czech race. And we mentioned this last week, that this is a race which tends to have one team go over and crush it every year. And I always, always, always have issues with this because I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I just have, if I ruled the UCI, here's what would happen. I would have two, at least two categories for women's racing, yeah? I'd have a pro category. And I'd also increase the number of categories for races. But what I'd say to for 0.2 categoried races is that, own, is that pro riders aren't allowed to go there, yeah? So they're development races. Because what tends to happen is that one t- big team, enormous team, goes over and absolutely crushes it, like crushes it in ways that are just not funny, and yeah, I I find that problematic. Mm. I guess I just do. I find it I find it difficult that that you know that basically I don't know. Anyway, anyway, it's a great race, and it was raced really really well. It's just that you know you look down the list of people who've won it, and a lot of the time it's been the um, the the kind of. Uh, um, the, a lot of the time it's been the specialized lululemon team let's be honest um right. specialized lululemon slash t-mobile slash htc high road slash whatever they were at the time yeah yep so yeah although to be fair you aunt did first win it as when she was in a keep Nuremberger. so you know she it was only she she has won it when she wasn't in one of these teams but you know sometimes it, the thing is is it tends to be only one big team that goes over and is beating teams that are easy to beat i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry the only there is there is a year where it was different where in 2010 where it had um it had it had the rabobank team or or whoever they actually were at that time netherland blew it sorry um there and and it also had nicole cook when right. she was 
great British team and also you know so that was that was a different kind of you know that that was at least some really big competition for each other so anyway I'm talking myself in circles it was it was a glacier all over domination crush fest they rode it really well and you know I can't blame them because it's fantastic training it's a really good opportunity for them to you know take some time out of the really hardcore spring races and also it's great if they can win four stages out of five which they did um Elena Amulusic won the first one one stage one um I don't uh Ingrid Lovic won stage two which you know congratulations Ingrid she's a Norwegian rider I think you know winning a stage when you're not specialized Lululemon wins you a massive prize um stage three was the ITT where they came all of the top five with Velocio Sram oh my goodness yeah so it's Brunauer Warwick we, we we joke a bit about their dominance but goodness me top five yeah Right. Yes. 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 We joke about their dominance, but what the teams that they were racing against were the Russian national team, um, BTC Super, uh, City Lubyanka, um, a very small B pink team, um, the French national team, Russian national team, Norwegian national team, Belarus national team, um, Max Solar, which is a small German uh, team, uh-huh. Lithuanian national team, Czech national team, Swiss national team. Do you know what I mean? These right, aren't. Right. And Michaela Fanini. So it is fantastic. I don't want to take away anything from them because they did it really, really well and they proved their dominance. However, it wasn't top five against Bowles and Rabobank. Yeah. So, yeah, so Brunauer, Warwick, Alan Milusic, Caroline Canuel, Elise Delzen, top five, with Mika Kroger, the only other one who was out of the top ten, who was 12th. So then they split day, split day, and in day, in stage four, Caroline Canuel won solo this time with yep. Alina Anusik second, which, you know, big hilly, hilly, hilly stage, um, just because, you know, let's have a time trial in the morning and then let's have a hilly stage in the afternoon. Why the hell not? Yeah, no, as you do, as you do, yeah. Just put that lactic acid in and then make it work over the hills in the afternoon. Yeah, and then stage five was won by Elise Delzen again, um, two seconds in head of Lara Viacelli from Michaela Fanini with Trixie Warwick winning the bunch sprint for third. Hey, Trixie. And yes, and that event, Alina Amielusic won the overall general classification with Trixie second, and they were very generous and allowed Aline, uh, Eugenia Bujak from BTC um, to come third. Yep. But what I really want to say, and I don't mean to sound mealy-mouthed about this, it's just, it, it is what it is. The rules are there. They choose to do it before, you know, for, the, for, for the reason. They've done it for years and years. Um, but what I really want to say is thank you very, 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 very much to Velocio Sram for, they, they don't normally do this, but they had someone live tweeting all the way through the race. Um, so we could actually follow it from home, which was wonderful because we don't get that much information. And they've also been hunting out the types of things that you know you, that you that you that you can find from the race. So they've been linking to photos from local photographers, and you know, putting up their own photos. And yeah, yeah that's really nice. They they really, you know, they they may have they may have um, uh, destroyed the race. <laughs> <laughs> dominated the race not destroyed it dominated the race they may have dominated the race but hell they also let us follow it which is fantastic and yeah and they've i think i hope they've paid the local czech photographer for her photos um for the photos which which went which went up on their site so yeah um and we'll put links to that in our blog com. but thank you thank you thank you velocio stram indeed nice little <sighs> I, I like it um so 
Where next? Uh, Netherlands, I think. Uh, okay. Saturday, Saturday, more or less. You know, we've we've done some races, and um, on Saturday, no, Friday, we had the Ronde van Overijssel. Yes. Which is a race that used to be men's only, and then last year they added a women's race. They have fantastic social media. They were live tweeting through the race. They've got a 26-minute video of the race. And it was very exciting because it was a small break. You know, after various, various attempts to get breakaway, you end up with a small breakaway. And you should put on your Australian national pride hat because <laughs> who won it? It's not a hat, actually. It's just a, it's an entire way of being. So, okay, well, yeah. I'll tell you who was in the break. Okay. And the, Give it away. So Natalie Van Gogh from um, Park Hotel uh, Vlaanderen, Anuska Costa from Rabobank, Alan Van Dyke from Bowles Dolman's um, race, um, and Monique Van Der Rey and Roxana Knetemann is another Rabobank. But it was won by... Good old Lauren Kitchen. Lauren Kitchen. Lauren has had injuries this year, but she's definitely, definitely back. Definitely, definitely, and yeah, that was good on Lauren. Yeah, no, it was great news to, to wake up to. Actually, weirdly enough, and okay, so this is going to sound kind of odd. Creepy? No, Strange. Well, oh, geez, I hope it doesn't sound creepy. It's really not meant as creepy. But weird thing, I had a really bad night's sleep that night, um, and I woke up at about three in the morning, and being, I don't know, whatever word you choose to describe it, pathetic Australia. maybe, or, or whatever, you know, wake up in the middle of the night, I check Twitter. And um, and so see that, um, A, that Lauren's won the race, but then B, 10 minutes later, my good mate Kelvin, hater of beards, but lover of women's cycling, had also woken up in the middle of the night, checked Twitter, and seen the news and retweeted it. So... <laughs> And tweeted about how it made his insomnia better. And I chuckled to myself and then I rolled back over and didn't go to sleep again for another couple of hours because insomnia is a fucking pain. But, you know, it was good news. You had something good to help you through the insomnia. Mm, mm. Beer. Yes. Oh, and, um, yeah, and the race news, yes. Yeah, so Lauren then went on to race crits over the weekend and won two mm. more races. Um, she won the Rundaban, sorry about the pronunciation, Hill Varenbeek. And then on Sunday, she won the Drylanden Omloop. So, winning ways. Lauren actually is a rider you may be familiar with because she rode with um, with Kelvin's team, um, Roxalt, over the Australian summer. Um, so, yes. Anyway. Lauren is a rider you should be familiar with because she's yes. awesome and very, yes. very sweet and nice. And what was really nice to see, and we'll come back to this later on as well, was all the other Aussies kind of just cheer in different teams cheering for her on Twitter about, yay, Lauren. Yeah. So it was um, it was really, really sweet and nice. So, yeah. Indeed. Um, Indeed. I think um, I think even Carl was very happy to, to see a win for high tech. So, you know. <laughs> yes. And um, there's a race report about it on her blog, laurenkitchen.com. But we'll put again put links to that um, in the in, in the in the thing in the thing in the post. <laughs> in the, oh my god! In the internet thing, you know what we mean. Shut up! Stop yeah, judging us. It's too much racing. Too much racing. <laughs> so uh, Overizel was on Saturday, on Friday morning, and in Friday evening was the first uh, race in the three stage. 
Elsie Jacobs, Festival Elsie Jacobs. It used to be called the Festival Luxembourg Bourgeois, the Cyclisme, Fe Cyclisme Fe Feminine Elsie Jacobs, but they've taken it back and it's now... <laughs> I think everyone calling it Elsie Jacobs just to spare themselves possibly helped inform the name change. Yeah, um, but I love Elsie Jacobs. It's the first race I ever went to, I think. Mm. Yes, it's the first race I ever went to when On the, Gro on the Drops took me there. And it's really, really beautiful. It's got lovely, lovely volunteers. Um, they're, they're just really super friendly race and very, very nice. Um, it's, it's all named after, um, after the... Uh, after Elsie Jacobs, Elsie Jacobs herself, I should say Jacobs because I'm rubbish, um, who was the first ever women's road cycling world champion. Which is excellent. Well, I like it. It's like no, 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 it, it is. Sorry, I just I, I'm I'm not sure what to what to say. I mean, that's such a huge achievement and very cool. Yeah, I, I, I just she was a world champion in 1958, and so basically the race has a, a ITT. Uh, it started off as the GP Elsie Jacob, Jacobs, which was a day race, and then they added in the GP Nicholas Franz, who's another Luxembourgian star, and then they added a team time trial, and then they turned it into a stage race. And it right, it, it kind of has this one. The two the two road stages have the same share the same loop. They have a big loop which they start and finish, you know, at different places, but, you know, ride the same loop. And then they have local laps um, on stage one of Garnish, which is um, where Elsie Jacobs uh, was, was born and, uh, and her hometown. Yep. And then they also have, and then the second day is, is in Mamour, which is where Nicholas Franz was born. So, yes, I've put some information about where Elsie Jacobs into our post at ProWomenCycling.com. So it's it's a kind of very short prologue for the first for the first stage, and as continuing a theme, it was won by Anna van der Breggen. Ah, nice. Yes, um, because yeah, and and again, this is quite an interesting one because we missed Annemiek van Vleuten at the it's a five point six kilometer prologue. Yeah, uh, we missed Annemiek van Vleuten in the very short prologue at Energy Water, which everyone thought she'd win, but she wasn't there because of drama. Um, but at this time, it was Anna van der Breggen first, Van Vleuten second, and Anne-Sophie Doik third. Now, you will notice this race has no uh, bold dolmens um, because they are at, at Overizel instead, um, which is fine. I'm, you know, again, it's fine. It's, it's, I like, you know, time trials without uh, Ellen van Dyke and, Lisa Brunauer, they're fine and fun. If it was a you know huge enormous time trial, I'd be a bit grumpy. But you know, five point six kilometers, it's fine, fine, fine. Yeah. So they start out on the second day, and it's raining, and it's you know you're looking reading it on Twitter, and it's break, 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 small break and catch, all sorts of attacks, really exciting, and they end up with a break of four, which is Elena Ciccini from Lotto Sudal, Lucinda Brand from Rabobank Live, Amanda Spratt from. Um, the that's that that team that I can't remember the name of Oric <laughs> yes and Yannicka Ensing from Park Hotel Val Valkenburg and so exciting to watch on Twitter because they're talking about how the, the they're getting caught it's nearly getting caught the, the the things coming down oh my god what's going on who's you know they, the, the the numbers are really really dropping I think it was you know they were out there for you know 30 seconds 20 seconds at two kilometers 10 10 seconds at one kilometer type thing and they actually finish 
two seconds before the chase group. Jeez, that's close. Yeah, with a sprint where Elena Cecchini wins, um, Brand second, Spratty third. Wow. And when you see the photos, what you'd think had happened was they'd leapt out of the pack because you've got these amazing finish line photos of Cecchini being so ecstatic to win. But with the pack just rah, charging yeah. behind her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So exciting. It is. That's, that's pretty much your dream scenario, isn't it? To see the break like just hang on. Uh, yeah, just yeah. to watch that that thundering finish, and yeah, that that um, that final photo, you can sort of see the um, the road marker um, for the fifty meters to go sign yeah. in particular, yeah. Yeah. and so the peloton yeah. are sitting there, and they're just past fifty meters to go, as the, you've got the shot of Elena just past the finish line. So you know the the gap, yeah, two seconds and less than fifty meters, and it's just so close. And so much fun when that happens. You know, when a race, you know, if that had been 100 metres more, would they have been caught? It's oh, just... for sure. For sure. I wish we'd seen it on TV because that must be just breathtaking. It's the, mm. the local laps. The local laps always have a really nasty hill and they have a really, they have a, a nasty descent, but they're also very, very narrow. So it's one of those things where if you get, if you have a puncture or a problem, your team car's not going to get to you in time to help you back into the race so yeah. it's, and there's, so this is why it's always always a tacky and brilliant so yeah and there's a lovely um video interview with Cecchini afterwards who was saying that she was so happy she really wanted a win in the trickle or jumper because she's the Italian jumper jersey because she's she's the Italian national champion and she knows that winning Italian champs is super hard and so she just wanted to win in the jersey and yeah. she did Yes, and she did, and she's had a very strong spring too. A lot of podiums and a lot of, lot of there and thereabouts. So, yeah, I mean, she's still she was only born in she's she's only 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 this this month. So she's born in nineteen ninety two, but she hasn't had her birthday yet. What does that make her? That makes her twenty two. Something oh, like that. God. God, they're so young. It's oh. Oh my They're God. so young. They're so so young. Yeah, but she has had this season. Um, she started off in the in in San Luis, and then she stuck, moved to Qatar. But she was sixth in Hetnoisblad. She was fifth in Ronda van der Vlaanderen, sixth in GP Dortmund, fifth in Dwarsdor Westhook. Oh, tenth in Strade Bianchi. Mm. You know, she's had she's been up there. And and what's interesting about this is we don't really think that Italians are classics riders. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't, but. But the Italians are obviously big fans of our podcast because they've been working this year on proving us wrong. So well, yeah, we had Lisa Longo Borghini a couple of years ago who started. The, who's, I mean, mm. we always had Naomi Cantelay in the past, but yeah, in general, the Italians are, are, are for the summer races when the weather warms up a little bit. But yeah, this is it, you know we've really really seen them go go for it, and and Aline, uh, you know obviously Bronzi, obviously Longo Borghini. We've seen Bronzini as a fantastic classics domestique, and you mm. know she's always she's always done pretty well at races like Ronda van Drenta, but it's not her ideal. You know, cobbles and rain and her ideal places yeah, to ride yeah. but seeing her domestique like super domestique has been wonderful mm, mm. and also really take on that sort of matron of the team kind of role for for wiggle where you know she's not just the super domestique riding in support but she's offering advice and encouragement to the riders that she's riding for you know and giving them real leadership and support on the road as well which i think is awesome yeah 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 and you know, and, and the other thing again, when when Cecchini won, 
you know, seeing like the retweets from the Italian riders and especially Lisa Longo Borghini, and you know, you can see, you know, retweeting and favoriting them about Cecchini's success. It's just again really, really nice. And I know we say this a lot, but the kind of this kind of feeling of family in the peloton is really it's just really lovely and I think you know Cicchini is such a deserving such a deserving winner and, and especially to win in such an exciting dramatic finish because you know I was talking on internet with uh, Ben Atkins about it while it was happening and when the break went away we we're like oh well Lucinda Brand from Rabobank because you know they were they they escaped I think who can climb best well that's Brand and Spratty and mm. um, who send best that's definitely Brand who's the who's a really clever rider well that's brand too so you know and so for Cicchini to win in that in that bunch is really good and and also amazing for Spratty too because she's been sick this season yeah. and Oric, I have to admit Orica's season hasn't been going particularly well no no certainly not as well as they have done the last couple of years um although you know I always always feel that Orica's fortunes are a bit up and down early in the year anyway um yeah, but this year they're not. I mean, mm. I, they have suffered from uh, Emma Johansson breaking her collarbone, and actually, yeah. it's amazing that Emma Johansson is back. But yeah, I mean, look, looking at what they've done so far this year, okay, this is this is their podium spots. They've got two victories. Which one was Catherine Garfoot in stage three of the Women's Tour of New Zealand? Yeah, and then Kat, Kat Garfoot in the Oceania Champs ITT. And yeah, I'm sorry, Aussies, but those are pre-season. Um, yeah. And then they've got second places. They hey, you're had... the one who keeps wanting to add oceanic races to the start of the season. So no, you know what? I really do. I really do. I love. I love Australian races. I'm not dissing them, but it is. But it's definitely pre-season. February is pre-season, isn't it? Well, hey, you're, like I say, you're the one who wants to add oceanic races, and you know, I'm just pointing out that from a logistics point of view, the only time of the year that you could would be then. So yes, 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 yes. I want to. Add, okay, right. Yes, if they were UCI level, then. Yes. Yeah, hurrah, wonderful. But if they're not, they're not. Anyway, we we once nearly fell out permanently over this argument, so we're going to have to stop talking about it. I, I, I declare. Come on, let's let's crank it up. Let's. I'm you just, didn't talk to me for two taking weeks. my gloves off. That's not true. I didn't talk to you for like four days. It might have felt like two weeks, but you know. You didn't talk to me for a week, and you only talked to me when I apologised first. <laughs> You know it's true. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just like I just I'm enjoying I'm reveling in my role as the world's worst bastard ever. So <laughs> Cause, anyway. Cause to respond any further would just be to, you know, pour pour petrol on the fire and um yeah. Start so, it off again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know uh I'll uh, I'll be the bigger man. <laughs> You'll always be the bigger man than me, dear. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we've got that sorted out. Now shut up and do as you're told. (laughs) I don't know what's funnier that I said that or that anyone casually listening might think that there was a chance you would do it. (laughs) You're so right. So second places, they've had um, Lizzie Williams was second in the Oceania Champs Road Race. And Valle Scandalara was second in the Drenta Acht, um, which was a, you know, as we talked earlier, was a fantastic race. Except for the fact that someone tried to kill Lauren Rowney. Yeah. And then for third places, Emma Johansson has only had one podium this season, and that's at Le Samin. 
And Kat Garfoot was third in the Oceania Champs Road Race. So yeah. it's not been an especially exciting, especially good season, strong season for Orica this season. No, no. Uh, I think I think almost all of them would actually trade this season for another one where where Emma just came second in everything for like six months. Yeah, I'm not sure Emma would, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Maybe Emma wouldn't, but you know. Everyone else would, yes. The team Possibly. would, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was a fantastic stage, stage one. Um, it's really funny because it's one of those cycling races which took me ages to understand when I first was getting into it. Why is it that although it's the second stage, it's called stage one? So all all throughout the videos, you see the videos and the links. It says stage two, but it's not. It's stage one because stage one was the prologue. Oh my yeah. god, cycling! Why? <laughs> it makes perfect sense in French. I don't think so. No, it probably doesn't, but, you know, uh, it was worth it. Um, so we come into stage three with um, stage two. Jesus Christ, I'm doing it now myself. With uh, with um, Anna van der Breggen leading the general classification. Um, and stage two is absolutely appalling weather. Like, absolutely. Just, 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 I mean, you know, I know you said, you know, but you know what you were in last week? Basically, that's just rain, 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 rain. All so the like photos. Two meters rain of rain straight. in twenty-four hours. Awesome. Pretty much, yes, yes. Wow. We this is this is Europe. This happens to us. So yeah, so it's raining and it's just awful and terrible weather, and and it's all about small groups, um, basically escaping and being caught and escaping and being caught. And I direct you to the VeloFocus galleries on VeloFocus.com for all of oh, this, yeah. but especially Those the final so stage. Yes. Yeah. So, good oh man yeah. those those photos in the rain that's the one with i, I mean I, i'm i'm assuming everyone's seen it by now but if you haven't you definitely have to check it out and sarah will definitely include the link on our blog i'm writing it down right now pro women's cycling.com um <laughs> it's, it's that amazing photo um of of um the reflection on the road of the the peloton as they pass um some some photography critics uh feel like the photo itself is upside down others disagree feel free to discuss amongst yourselves but do check out that iconic gallery yes it's it's really really lovely and um it's it's the roads in the netherlands are perfectly beautifully beautifully laid you know none of this english patchwork of random bits of crap everywhere i actually as as i understand it in the netherlands those aren't actually roads they're just the bike paths yeah luxembourg luxembourg we said like Netherlands. Oh, right. we yeah. luxembourg. Well, yes, yes. so it's pouring with rain and there's a fantastic pair of photos which kind of sums up this race because um there's a there's a small group bunch with a load of the basically people who got away um kept getting away at one point there was a an escape group which we thought was going to go all the way because it had Annemiek van Vleuten and Anna van der Breggen and Pauline Fran Prevost and Emma Johansson etc 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 in it and then it gets caught and the reason why you've got this great pair one is um, of this of this small group they've just escaped from the peloton again and it's got all these top riders and the first one is um, Pauline Fran Prevost looking back to see who's going to take a turn Yes. And the second photo is like a couple of seconds later with everyone else looking at Anna van der Breggen. <laughs> it's it's kind of like if you had to if you had to choose two photos to teach basic Peloton politics. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
anyway, lots of escape and attacks and groups and bunch. But then there's a final escape. There's a final bunch escape with Flirty Mackay of Liv Planter. And um, I can't remember whether she originally got away of Catherine Garfoot or Kashanir from Orica or Kashanir Doma from Rabo. But they, um, but they basically end up with a, you know, started off with two, end up with a group of three, and they're racing. And Flircher had been in a couple of escapes already, and like a really properly good Dutch rider, it's terrible, terrible, terrible weather. So she's absolutely going for it, mm. and there they are. And it gets really interesting because Garfoot is something like ten seconds behind Van der Breggen on the, um, on the, on the, on the, on the GC, yeah. and there are bonifications. So it's 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 you're sitting there going, oh my goodness! Well, is Garfoot now the leader on the road, the GC leader on the road? And the really really interesting thing is that it seems like Rabo. It seems like Peloton politics meant that Rabo left it quite late to chase. Yeah, <laughs> because it came down to another. You know, you're again like dropping. You know, we couldn't see the time gaps on Twitter, so it was very exciting to see because you know, would they catch them? Would they not? And again, if you look at the photos, Mackay mm. jumped out of this front group and just as she's done a couple of times this season, she's such a good rider um, for doing this. You know, she's in a small group and she just and she just is is in there. And rather than wait for a sprint to win, sprint to the finish, she just does this amazing acceleration early, jumps out, wins solo this time by two seconds with Garfoot second and Neodoma third. She went. She's in front of them by two seconds, and just two seconds behind them is mm. the peloton. It's almost identical, actually, that finishing shot to the day before, <laughs> except yeah. except that Flitch has got the the two second gap herself. But yeah, the peloton's yeah. again so close behind. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's really, really, really fantastic. And again, good for you know, really good for Liv Plantier. And mm. she's saying afterwards that she was actually thought she was racing. You know, she's racing for Amy Peters, but you know, there she was. She was going. And we're sitting there after just waiting because, oh, my God, you know, how – because while we know now that it was a four-second gap, we didn't know at the time. Yes. So we're sitting there waiting and waiting because, you know, it has, you know, the question here, how far has she got? Has Garfoot won the race or, or you know, did, 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 Rabo, did Rabo chase? Apparently, um, Varane Prevost was completely killing herself to kind of pull that chase back, you know, once they, once they left it a bit too late. Right. And, um, yeah, all drama, all fun, all excitement. But it turns out Van der Breggen won the race. Hurrah! Hurrah for Anna van der Breggen. Um, she's won it before. She won it last year. Um, this made it the fifth time in a row for Rabobank slash Nedland Blewett to win, to win that race. Far out. So we've had a few fifth in a rows this week. Yeah, yes, yeah. we have. Wow. Yes, we have. And the, only, the last person to win who wasn't Rabobank in, in a similar state to Flesh Wallon was our wonderful, 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 wonderful Emma Pooley. Ah, right, right. Wow. Yes, who was riding for, for the Savello test team at the time. Yep. And yeah, oh, Emma Pooley, why, why, Emma Pooley? Please come back to cycling, Emma Pooley. Sigh. Oh, well, that was when it was the GPLC, JLC Jacobs as well. So sad, mm. sad, mm. sad. Quick, um, we quick, miss it. quick sidebar, though. Um, if we could illegally clone Emma would and, and make her cycle, would that be okay? Like, would you be in for that? I don't know because nature nurture, you know, like yeah, whatever, okay. you know, how would we raise her? Would we raise her to be her? Um... Well, I was just assuming we'd go for a full adult clone, like just you know, basic copy of of who she is now. Maybe dial the clock back a few years so she's got some some good form already, you know, in and and ready to go. Oh, I see. So let's you know, so if we go like 10. yeah, I was going to say 
I was going to say, yeah, exactly. Go back like five years and, and clone her from there. Like, Yeah, so she won the Tour de Lode. Actually, if we cloned her from 2010, can we clone the Tour de Lode and keep another Grand Tour on the calendar? Not sure that the science works that way, but we'll look into it. God damn it. Well, that year she won Flesh Wallon. She won um, GPLT Jacobs. She won the Tour de Lode. She was British national champion. She won the Giro del Trentino Alto Adige. Adage. She was uh, fifth in the Giro. Mm, and she won the she won GP Plouet. Yes, I will. All right. Have, so that's a good era to. All right. God, those races were amazing. Hang on. Let me just have a moment. Oh, okay, but we don't have enough time for a long moment. It's got to be a brief moment. <laughs> Far out. All right. Okay. Moving so, on. while that was happening, now there is a race. I, I have. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, British fans of this race. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But there was also the Women's Tour de Yorkshire. Yeah, or was there? You know, because yes, yes. you know, there's a, a British writer of note who seems to think there wasn't. <laughs> yes, Lizzie Armitstead had some things to say about the Tour de Yorkshire on her Twitter. Didn't she though? Oh my goodness! Yeah, she was saying. Do you do you have it open? She was. Saying um, I'm something. actually just getting it now. So you know, if you want to paraphrase, I'll find the actual tweets. Yeah. So she was saying that there's no. Um, you know, she was saying something about how gutted that she was because she's a good Yorkshire girl, but there was no women's tour of Yorkshire. And I think it was Eleanor Barker sent her a, a message going, "No, no, there is. There is a women's race here." And um, do you have it yet? Yep. Here we go. So she Here's said, "No women's TDY. Not often I like to make comparisons to the men, but this time I'm really jealous of their opportunities." And um, now, hang on, I've got to find the reply now. Well, but Eleanor Barker basically said, "No, no, there is yeah, a yeah, there is one, and she linked to it, yes, and um, and then Lizzie replied to Eleanor Barker, "It's eighty k dot dot dot. I'm not a junior." <laughs> <laughs> mm, tell us what you really think, Lizzie. <laughs> Glorious, Lizzie has the most pithy, best way of words. Yeah, I. I don't, I don't get it. it. It really, really pisses me off. I mean, I know I'm supposed to go, oh, yay, fantastic. And people were telling me all week, oh, yay, but we should be promoting this because, because then it will show people that there's an interest in women's cycling. And I'm like, holy fuck. If, you know, we had the Olympics. We had the Friends Life Women's Tour last year. We, you know, we've proved over and above that there's a massive interest in what we've proved from tv schedule viewing figures we've p- proved from people at the side of the road we've proved for the best teams and riders in the world turning up to ride in, in britain yeah yeah what what the fuck you know like you know like yeah it's it's just it's just oh it annoys me so much it annoys really? me so okay. so much. I couldn't tell. You seemed you seemed so neutral on the topic. It was. It but the was... other thing, so I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it slide. I'm not gonna talk about this on Twitter. And there were some really good photos, and people had a really good time out there waiting for it. And I'm absolutely not knocking that. But it's a domestic level race that's not even the race the the length of a proper of you know like eighty kilometers. Seriously. I mean, it's not a, it's not a crit because it's like a four laps of a twenty kilometer circuit. So it's not even got the excitement. You know, if it was like yeah. just a cr- just a crit, well, you can have a really exciting crit, can't you? You can. You can have an exceptionally exciting crit. We often talk about good crits. 
Yeah, so, you know, so if it was a crit, I'd at least understand it because you can have a fantastic... You know, imagine if it's a really good crit around York. Yeah, you know, or, oh, my God, York is beautiful. have a really good circuit race. And there's a there's a, a bunch of great circuit races, you know, all over the place. We we talk about them all the time, you know. I mean, hell, the, the Philly Classic, one of the best circuit races around. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, we don't, we don't have it. The other thing, the other thing that really annoys me. Is that this is the race that's run by the Tour de France. Well, it's sort of run by the Tour de France. It's got, it's got ASO's name on it. Hence the Tour de Yorkshire. Mm. Oh my god, that annoys me so much. Um, but when you actually look on it, so you go oh, video highlights, right? Let me go and see what the women's race was like. No, there's no video highlights of the women. There's video highlights of the men. And apparently, um, some of my Twitter friends tweeted, thanks, ITV, for showing us 17 seconds of the women's race. Oh, wow. Which is more than we got from the actual, you know, the, the actual Eurosport coverage. You know, it's just... Oh, my I, God. Like, not even a second a kilometre. That's terrible. You know, um, Cycling News ended up, Cycling News put out a video with um, Dame Sarah Story talking about the race, which is the longest thing we've got from the women's race, you know. And you're like, it's, it's 2015. Like, it's, it is 2015. Why, you know, we've set up this race. It's, oh, wow, yeah, we're going to demonstrate how great cycling I, is. I in swear, I fear for this sport once the the video technology companies get hold of it because – well, you know, not for the sport itself, but for for the broadcasters and for race organisers, they they don't understand what's about to hit them. Yeah. I mean, oh my god! You know, you throw in the 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 ability we have with apps like Periscope and Meerkat now, and a couple of years ago, I was talking about Viclone, where you can stream video from your phone and stuff. Combine that with drones, which provide an easy way to to aggregate coverage from multiple points like that and put them in a in a car in the caravan and you have a mobile broadcast platform that literally doesn't require helicopters it's affordable oh my yeah. god oh uh, but if you go to the race website as well i was looking up i'm like looking up the women's race and i can't find it so go to the menu and it gets stage photos stage one photos stage two photos stage three photos stage one results stage two result video highlights digital jersey race information sportif timing charity faqs tour to yorkshire teams route films route maps women's tour that's where women's tour comes down in it do you know what i mean it's like the third list the third list so wow. it's like these race organizers do not give a fuck like they do not give a fuck and it's like it's it's kind of like you, yeah can, can you can you just do this rant for me again but in a yorkshire accent please because i wish i had a yorkshire accent because if i'm right i'm i you know i'm spot on with my english accents all the time but isn't the yorkshire one that really sort of curly mouthy all right love sort of accent it, it has glottal stops in it, but not like my South East London glottal stops. Um, it's, it's, it, yeah, I, I can't do it justice, oh. but basically it's very blunt, very blunt and beautiful accent. And yeah, I would love to hear someone in proper broad Yorkshire go off on it, go off on it. Yeah, for yeah. Me, so. All right. So yeah. if you're, if you can do a proper Yorkshire accent, please record yourself and post it on, on, uh, the comments on our blog because I want to hear it. I want to hear someone rant about this race in proper yeah. Yorkie. But the other, the other thing that really surprised me about it is like the men's races were only 176 kilometers, which I think is a good thing. You know, I'm not dissing that because I really mm. enjoy that, and it's and it's also smaller teams, so it's kind of not uh, not a proper men's race either. But you're like, well, when the men are 170 kilometers, why can't the women be? 
like like they've they've just they've literally gone oh let's let's have a smaller race as humanly possible for the women you know like let's just make it it's just they, they just don't care they really 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 don't care and and it and it offends me and it offends me for the amazing riders we had some fantastic riders racing it who are who are wonderful and and really really you know just really great riders who 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 should be who should have a chance to, 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 you know, to really kind of prove themselves on a proper race, you know, either a proper, um, a proper, a proper crit or a proper, um, you know, or a proper women's, a proper road race. I don't count 80K as a road race. Anyway, ran over. It was won by Louise Mahé. Um, oh, that was the other thing that was slightly grumpy. Um, ben sent me the, the link to the press release and they actually had the, the, a photo which was the least flattering photo they could find of the podium people. And I don't know why you do that. <laughs> why would you do that sort of thing? Louise Mahé is really pretty. Um, you know, she, anyway. So Louise Mahé of Icon Mazda, um, Eileen uh, Rowe of Wiggle Honda, Katie Curtis of Pearl Izumi, um, Pernazumi Sports Tours International in third. Um, and to contrast to racing in Britain, the state of domestic racing in Britain, you know, British cycling okayed this race and allowed it to happen. Yeah. And I just want to contrast that because while that was all this was happening in, in Europe and the USA, in Australia, you had the Mersey Valley Tour. Indeed. It's part of our national road series. Good race. Um, where's, where's, where's the Mersey Valley? Uh, oh shit, I can never get this one right. Is it Victoria or is it Tasmania? Tasmania. It's, it's Tasmania. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I, I always lose track of our valleys. We have so few of them, I, I never know where they are. <laughs> so not true. No, it is. It's true. We, we It's Australia, man. We have a few hills that we call mountains because we feel a bit awkward about it. Shut up. Um, and we have canyons. And Ooh. we have flat, and that's what we have. So valleys kind of confuse the fuck out of us because it's like there's a leftover bit of New Zealand here or something. It it doesn't make sense. So yeah. well, it's very, 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 very beautiful. Mm. I want to go there one day because the Cycling Australia videos make me just die. And we've talked about this in the past, but Cycling Australia videos are so clever, aren't they? Look, the, I think they do a really good job of. Um, providing a great overview of the race, but also of um, showing what you can do even if you can't broadcast live, you know. And I know we bang on a fair bit, or I bang on a fair bit, about the possibilities of ways to broadcast live, and I do still think that's a worthy and worthwhile goal, but it's not like you can't do anything in the meantime. And the the Australian races do, uh, in my opinion, a fantastic job of, of demonstrating how easy it is to make timely but compelling videos of races and i don't understand why more people don't do these videos because what they do is they have a combination of race footage but they also have lots of interviews with riders who tell the story so they'll have um so in the first the first stage is the itt uh one by bridie o'donnell so in between interspersed between the clips and the normal commentary they've got bridie o'donnell talking about what she was thinking and what she was doing at these different points and other riders talking about it as well which just is it's amazing it's great for the sponsors it's great for rider recognition but there's something much more interesting about a rider saying yeah this is it's a seven minute clip yeah this is what this is what um this is what i'll uh you know this is what we'll show yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then you know, stage same with same as stage two, same same as stage three, and they also do a really good job of showing off the, yeah, these are, um, this is this is what we this is how we what we what we you know this is why you should come to the Mersey Valley. This is why it's beautiful. So it's kind of that combination of tourism, race, sports, sporting stuff, and rider promotion that no one else does. 
and I'd love to see more of it. I, you know, I'd love to see it rather than, you know, this is this is they are my gold standard of of short race of short race clips. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I really like it, as you say. I just think you get such great insights when it's the writers themselves telling you the story. Mm. Um, you know, because because you get all the personal touches in addition to you know, like a good commentator can read the race and tell you what's happening and all of that stuff. But getting, you know, there's nothing like having the writer going, yeah, well, I was feeling a bit shit, so I thought I'd attack. (laughs) Yeah. Or or I was was really worried about so-and-so. Yeah, so um, stage one was won by Bridie. Stage two was won by Lucy Caldwell, who's a British rider based out in – a Scottish rider, sorry. Um, Scottish, Scotland is part of Britain. Sorry, Scots. But, yeah, (laughs) Scottish rider based out in Australia who came – Doesn't that depend on which Scot you ask? Yes, I know. Don't don't go there. <laughs> Speaking of arguments, people can lose friends over. Um, yeah, and then the third stage was won by Shannon Malseed, who was who had a solo win, but with Coldwell in the bunch. So Lucy Coldwell won won a race. I think it might be her first stage race victory uh, in NRS level, and she was super super happy, and I'm super happy for her. She's a very nice person, and yeah, um, yeah lovely so watch those videos because they don't take very much time and I, I recommend them as this is how race videos could be for the future <sighs> two more races to go Dan um, one was the Australian BMX National Championships which was won by Cara Buchanan um, that's not really surprising I adored her videos that she was putting up she had her selfie stick and she did a whole load of um, three of yeah, various groups of people 360ing lots of kids lots because Caro is all about um, Caroline Buchanan is all about promoting the sport and encouraging youngsters to do it and it's just yeah. lovely well, I think I think that's part of what I like about her and her work is just she so clearly has fun yeah. yeah, she just yeah. she's enjoying the whole thing. So she just glows, doesn't she? And she, yep. especially when she's doing stuff with kids, she just glows with this this thing of I, I adore. You know, I love BMX. I love my sport, and I get to help other people love it too. This is brilliant. <laughs> it really is brilliant. She's so nice. She's just such a such a such a happy, fantastic champion. And you know, she's not the only one who does this sort of thing. But her videos, I think she's Caroline Buchanan, is one of again one of these riders who her social media output is 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 phenomenal. She's got her own brand. BMX is not a large part of the sport in terms of the UCI level, but in terms of what you see kids riding on in the park. You know, yeah. it's it, it's and also something that's so televisually fresh and friendly, and it's fast, it's adrenaline-y. You know, there's a reason yeah. that um, uh, that uh, that Red Bull TV um have BMX as one of their adventure sports. You know, it's yeah. it's yeah, it's yeah. So I was very that was nice. Um, and the final final race <laughs> was the Hibiscus Classic down in South Africa. Um, I just spotted a snarky tweet from um from uh, our lovely lovely friend Carl Lima talking about surprise UCI races that only one country enters and no one knew about <laughs> and I've got to because I've got to admit the um yeah I I I I've got to admit that the um the the uh yeah I'm a little bit yeah I'm a little bit confused you're, you're a little basically well, I love, I love, I think it's fantastic that there's race. I always think it's fantastic there's UCI races in other countries. I was taken a little bit by surprise by the South African races because I don't know when they appeared on the calendar. 
they weren't there at the beginning of the year they weren't there at the beginning of the season they suddenly popped up but you should definitely 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 check them out because yay they're they're, they're, they're great and there's some fantastic video recording from cycling direct um who are a south african cycling site who have got some fantastic video with uh with two videos with Cherise Stander who won the Hibiscus Classic and also won the the, the the Tour of Durban and at the Tour of Durban had some pithy comments to make about pay. <laughs> <laughs> well we always we always love a good pay comment. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes. There's a nice video of that. Um so yeah, go and if you if you've got even this, I mean, cycling director do a really good job of talking about South African cycling and cycling worldwide, um, and especially women's cycling. So make sure you follow them. <sighs> there was a couple of interesting things to me in the results from that race, though. Um, yeah. Oh, well, just, you know, there are a couple of names that, that stood out. The one that leapt out at me was Isabel Mulman. So... Yeah. yeah. Well, the one, well, the one that for me is Cherie Stander. Um, Cherie Stander. She started out as Cherie Taylor. She was married to Burry Stander, who is a South African mountain bike superstar, who was um, tragically killed when he was out training and was hit by a hit by a lorry a couple of years ago, and you know, no one would have blamed Cherise for just turning her back on cycling and just going, no, fuck this shit, I'm not, I'm out. Yeah. But she rode the. Um, she was riding mountain bike like Burry, um, and she rode the. Uh, the um the cape epic with burry's family yeah yeah <laughs> oh, i'm sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> just sneezed online um, on air and um and you know she rode with with burry's brother and another one of burry's brother rode with burry's father and you know as a as a family as a family group and she's really campaigning and pushing for women's cycling in south africa to get better and yeah so i would you know it's 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 good to see her win basically um and good to see her still around the sport because if she'd have left no one would have blamed her yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah interesting um so does that does that mean we we did it we we managed we managed round the world in 10 races we managed nine races in an hour daniel wow that's amazing um but we still have more things to talk about, don't we? <laughs> well, I, I know that'll come as a shock to our regular listeners. But yes, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> oh, there's, there was a whole bunch of other stuff going on um, as well as all this racing. I know there was barely time for it, but somehow it, it, it snuck its way in there. Uh, so there was a whole bunch of interesting things around the place. Look, one of the things I saw during the week... Um, and people may not be aware of is that during the the last week and a, or a little little longer ago, um, the Australian Institute of Sport has been running its Elite Women's Selection Camp, or I'm not sure if that's the official name. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they now that there's a backstory to this because they had actually closed down their program, their their women's mm. their women's road program because, as we all know, Cycling Australia is having a massive budget problem. Um, but yeah, but so they is, they had a massive budget problem, and their solution to their budget problem was to cut nothing from the men and cut you know the only only official development path to Europe for the women. Um, which was awesomely super sexist of them. Yay, Cycling Australia, you're a bunch of dicks. Um, luckily, 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 what, what Australian cycling has in, in, a, in a slightly grumpy fashion is the amazing Rochelle Gilmore. <laughs> well, deservedly grumpy. But um, so she stepped but in. But also, with the... money where her mouth is, oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so she stepped in with 
Um, in addition to already running Wiggle Honda, um, she and and the High Five Dream Team. Well, that's what I was going to say. She launched the High Five Dream Team and then applied that in conjunction to these additional um, resources that she brought to bear to revive the development program. Um, Which is amazing. Congratulations, Rochelle. Which is absolutely amazing. And and I, I should add... Bear in mind that this is also while Wiggle is having arguably one of its most successful springs ever. So, you know, talk about a woman who is just working at every facet of the sport to make a difference. Uh, Mm -hmm. Massive respect for that. But all of that said, I've long had a really weird relationship with this selection camp because... It's all right. So, followers of men's cycling will possibly be familiar with, um, you know, Bjarne Reese and particularly in the CSC days and um, some of the earlier Saxo Bank days, where um, as part of the pre season, he'd take his team and they'd go do like a 24 hour or 48 hour army style survival camp thing as a team bonding experience. And they'd all talk about how tough they were because they jumped in cold water one time um, and, <laughs> without falling into a canal and, and stuff like that. And, yeah, and the Schlecks were like, ha, fuck you, we can do that anytime. Um, you think this is hard. You know, try doing it when you're still clipped in. Fuckers. Um, and then everyone would laugh at me, oh, you Schlecks, if only you could descend, people might listen to you. Um, and, and so it was real bonding. This is kind of like that taken to an insane extreme. This, this selection uh, camp is literally based on military special forces selection processes. I don't know what I think about that. And uh, that's part of why I find it deeply conflicting. So one of the things that happened this week was um, Tom Palmer, who is an all-round good bloke, big fan of women's cycling, and occasional uh, commentator on issues related to women's cycling, um, is also based in Canberra. And so for Ella on Cycling Tips, he went along one day and got a full tour of the camp and the facilities and then got to interview a bunch of riders um, who were active in the program and who had been cut from the program and and wrote a big piece about it. And I don't want to give the whole thing away. I think it was a very interesting profile. Tom is very open about having reservations, which I think are very similar to the reservations I had and have about the, the program. Um, I think he does a good job of being fair in, in demonstrating the intent behind it and talking to Martin Barris, who is in charge of the program and um, also the lead doctor and, um, and a couple of other people and Rochelle as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it, it does a good job of leaving it open enough for, for the reader to make up their own mind. And I, and I do think that it's probably fair to say that it's not an easy thing that you can solve immediately, but I do personally still feel that this is a deeply, deeply problematic thing. Because while on the one hand I can understand if you're selecting for special forces soldiers, then you need to ensure a certain amount of interchangeability and and stuff like that. And while I can appreciate that they've built into this selection camp, you know, actually quite ingenious tests that I think would be a brilliant part of a camp, you know, like um, a simulated guide a taxi driver in Italian to the Brazilian embassy to renew a passport. Oh, you, you know. see, I, I don't, I don't, oh, those are the bits I find problematic. See, those I are the bits I, I really, don't... really find problematic because it shouldn't, because I don't believe that the men 
that these Australian men, when they ever, ever, ever have to guide, have to do that, because I think they have, well, I've spoken to a Swanee who worked with the under-23 men's team before, but I don't think you ever, ever let men off by themselves to go to the Brazilian embassy to get their passport, to get their thing removed. I totally agree that the, the men don't, get that sort of pressure but i can see i can see the value of that i mean we've talked before at length about the the significant challenges psychological challenges in particular of going from australia to europe when you're 19 20 years old and and trying to race and live in a in a country um and and that sort of thing so you know again i'm not suggesting that that's a you know the the perfect setup or whatever but it's less problematic to me than some of the really dehumanizing aspects of it. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I just, I still have deep misgivings about it. And I think for me, the most telling paragraph in Tom's write up, um, is, is, uh, sorry, I'm just trying to find the, the comment. Yeah, we should tell you that while Dan's looking for it, you should go and have a look at this, the Ella Cycling Tips um, blog about it. And also there's a video that came from the High Five Deep Dream Team. So that's also, um, you know, obviously yep. got a specific um, a specific take on it. Yeah. Um, I, things like um, they do this thing where, where, where they ban you from having any kind of mobile phone or yeah. any kind of yeah. technological um a way of measuring your performance mm, mm. so they so you're kind of which i think is really interesting but i also think it's especially interesting in the concept in the context of how women are socialized you know i think that women are socialized to completely look for feedback all the time and again like i i don't know they don't mm. seem to do this on the men's to, 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 yeah. to the men and it's, and that's the thing this this is for me this was the paragraph that just leapt out and i think summed up a lot of why i i yeah martin so speaking of Martin Barris, who works with Australia's best male cyclist too, suggested that the concept is unlikely to be adopted by the men's program only because talented male athletes would simply walk out. He didn't imagine they were likely to submit to a challenging program when there are plenty of other places they will be praised and pampered no matter what behaviour and attitude they display. And there is, there's something deeply inequitable about this that, it just really strikes the wrong chord with me. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, I can see, I mean, you can see where that's saying. That's basically saying, you know, the men are too pampered. But at the same time, it's saying we can do anything we like to the women. because Exactly. And, and there's an expression of power over the women because they have no other choice and, and stuff like that that I, I just don't like. And, you know, there, uh, there may very well be a way to adapt this program so that it is much better. But at the moment, I just feel really, really bad about it, to be honest. Mm, 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 mm. So, well, you tell us what we think, um, what you think about that. You can contact us on prowomencycling at gmail.com. You can talk to us on Twitter, where I'm underscore pigeons underscore, and Dan is Dan W. Official. Or you can leave us a message on our blog, prowomencycling.com. But, yeah, I think we'd be really interested to know what you think about it. Yeah. Because we're really, you know, we genuinely, we're all over the place with this, aren't we? Yeah, it's well, good, I, but it's bad, but it's good, but it's bad, but it's great, I think but it's the thing bad. Is you can see parts of it that are possibly very beneficial and possibly very smart, but I just don't think the whole thing is put together properly. And I think mm. basing it so explicitly on a military selection process, in my opinion, is completely wrong. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I, yeah, I, I it, it just doesn't seem right to me. No. 
No, yeah. no. Um, other things we saw last week, speaking of things that aren't right, Mariana Voss, we talked last week about mm. how she's just come back from a, um, a, a, a massive hamstring injury that, der- that really yeah. derailed her season and also really stressed her out, you know, and I mean that in, in the proper way. Um, but she's also just broken her rib. Yes, it's um, very, very unfortunate. Hope those heal quickly. Broken ribs are never fun. They are no, just and- not fun. But also, they're not the sort of thing you should ride on, are they? Because what happens if a pointy bit of your rib goes get, get, gets out of line? Well, also, they're one of the worst things to break because there's literally no way to be comfortable with a broken rib. You can't sit down, you can't lie down, you can't stand up, you can't breathe. God forbid you should laugh. Um, yeah. You know, like, it, it's, like, ribs are just deeply uncomfortable when broken. Yeah. So don't break yeah. your ribs, kids. Yeah. Um, things I saw that made me a little bit odd was the there's this fantastic conference in Yorkshire around the um, the Tour de Yorkshire about about how do we get more women into cycling. And I've read two accounts of this, one by Carlton Reed on Bike Biz and one by my friend Accidenta Bizarro on her own blog. And one of the things they're talking about, how can we get more women into cycling? And the thing I just want to talk about in brief was one of the things that they both talked about, people talking about, oh my God, that's a bit convoluted was blah 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 women are risk averse and that's why they don't cycle and i kind of and and basically it's it's that's a shorthand of saying that safety concerns are the absolute number one biggest thing that stop women women riding and i was talking about this with 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 andromeda accidental brizaro because um yeah we both had this issue about hang on a minute that isn't risk averse that's that's sensible. <laughs> you know, well, I don't I, commute to work. I, th- I don't I commute because I don't want to die. <laughs> I, I, I think it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because I read that and I think I had a similar but possibly from the other perspective response because I was like, wow, that says something really weird about guys' privilege, doesn't it? Like that, that, that we think we can just shrug off the risk. <laughs> Well, I was interested in that because I was thinking about yeah. before I really knew you, you had those two really nasty motorbike accidents, didn't you? No, no, no. I've had one motorbike accident and um, multiple cycling accidents. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah but you were not, you, you had that really nasty thing that happened to your knee before we were really talking to uh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the one off the motorbike. That's true. My yeah. Knee. But that, but that yeah. hasn't stopped you biking to work, to bike commuting, has it? Like most no, no. Actually, um, when the when I slowed down on bike commuting was actually after the series of cars coming out of side streets and hitting me. That, admittedly, the first time I was okay. The second time I was a little bit. This is kind of fucked. The third time I was like, oh, maybe I'd better find a new path to work. Because <laughs> I was a little tired of cars coming out of side streets, I have to admit. But the the interesting thing for me is, because I stopped cycling commuting when my partner got knocked off a bike and was, you know, on crutches for a year and a half. And also, there's a spate of lads cruising around my area and chucking cans at women's heads when they see them on bikes, which is deeply unpleasant. Plus, the stats are really shitty about it. So I'm like, actually, I'm not going to bike commute anymore. I'm not risk averse, God damn it. I've weighed the evidence properly and I'm making a sensible decision that you, my dear lovely Dan, probably should do as well. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, uh, you know, I mean, then you get like, okay, I take your point, but to address it seriously for a moment, um, you get into weird conversations about, well, how do you change the attitudes of, of motorists if you're not visible and stuff like that? So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not advocating necessarily that that's, you know, that therefore all women should take up the bike and, and so on. But, but I, what I did like is the idea that um, 
from the conference that these are multifaceted and complicated um, questions because I think they... One of the things that they touch on that I quite like is the different types of um, everyday rider, you know, from the cycling enthusiast as a sport to the the commuter to the the person who just wants to nip down the shops and, you know, doesn't need to take out the car, but, you know, or, or whatever. That, that, you know, when we talk about changing cycling infrastructure and tra- changing attitudes on the road and all that sort of stuff, we're talking about much bigger things than just you know, one simple type of cycling. And, yeah, so there's a lot to it. Mm, 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 mm. Yes, yes. Um, the final, final, final thing, I promise is the final thing, this week was I was very excited and got goosebumps literally because we had promos for the 2015 Aviva Women's Tour. Um, Aviva is the new um, sponsor of what was the Friends Life Women's Tour last uh-huh. year. And they had a fantastic launch with tons of like fun videos that the promo for the yay, we're soon going to be into the Aviva Women's Tour. It made me so ecstatic. I can't wait for it. Awesome. Well, that is. It's a little bit. It's a little bit disappointing for them that it's the same time as the European Games, which I didn't even know were happening last year, um, which apparently is a, a, a thing. Um, what, and what, Sarah, like... what Sarah really means is that she's disappointed it's not happening on her birthday again. <laughs> God damn it. Well, it can't happen on my birthday because it's general election time, Daniel. What's that mean? I don't understand. We have a general election um, that's, that's, that's possibly sometime in the vicinity of my birthday, not exactly next to it, but it would be um, around the race. The race couldn't happen right. because of the general election oh, next well, Friday. Because, because you're all voting for Ed Miliband. Because you because basically I can't imagine police being especially happy about going, yeah, you know what, we've got this really complicated thing that we've got to do. Let's put a bike race on at the same day. That's not what happens. Come on, that would be awesome. Imagine that. Everyone who goes to the bike race gets to vote. Yeah, you know what? We're not like your country where you absolutely have to vote. We're a country where we're actually begging people to vote. So yeah. Oh really? Please vote. If you're in Britain, please vote. Yeah, no, that sucks. Yeah, you should vote. It's honestly one of the best things and you know, worst things about our democracy is that everyone yeah. gets. If you don't, if you don't, um, if you don't want to vote for any of them, spoil your ballot paper, but still go down and vote. Um, yes, that's a party political broadcast, a non-party political broadcast on behalf of um, the Pigeons Party. So yeah, oh my God, can you believe we've done that, Dan? Um, I can, yeah. I can. Uh, we've we've even managed to keep it within the bounds of you know not completely absurd. So I think you know let's quickly say our goodbyes before we embarrass ourselves further. Yeah, well, thank you very much, dear listener, if you stayed with us this far. We appreciate you. Head over to our site, prowomenscycling.com, where you can see everything I've found from the last week. And thank you, thank you, thank you to my Patreon supporters who make it possible for me to do all of this stuff. Indeed. And um, we will be back next week to talk more cycling. And, uh, yes, do do check out all the videos, photos, blogs, and, and whatnot. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>